Albert Einstein once said, and we think he said it because we can't be 100% sure he said it, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, the economy's falling apart. We're in a recession. And so what do the Democrats decide to do? Spend more money and raise taxes. Let's go over some of the things that have happened. I told you, I told you yesterday, it's Thursday is coming. The news cycle has been slow and it just went insane again. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right. Be prepared for the spin because it is coming from the Biden administration. Uh, these, it's, I know CNN, I've been watching CNN all morning because Biden got some good news and he got some bad news. And I want to see how CNN would spin everything. <coughs> and of course they said everything was good news. Everything is looking rosy. rosy. Biden is having a good week. Okay. Uh, here's what I got to say about CNN, and this is the most common political phrase. It's, it's, it's a cliche. It's a cliche. And everyone says this whenever politicians spin. It's about the economy, stupid. And I got news to you. It ain't looking good. It's been a rough couple of days for the economy. And CNN can ignore it. The Biden administration can ignore it. And they are. They're spinning it around. And I've got more on that later. But let's go over some of the things that have happened. So, according to the Daily Wire, the Federal Reserve announced on Wednesday that it raised interest rates by 75 basis points. That's 0.75%. Uh, for a second straight month in an effort to help slow inflation. Quote, the committee seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at the rate of 2% over the longer run, end quote, the Fed said in the press release. Quote, in support of these goals, the committee has decided to raise the target range for federal funds rate to two and a quarter to two and a half percent and anticipates that this ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. The Fed also noted that, quote, the recent indicators of spending and production have softened, end quote. In other words, consumer confidence is going down. They don't, just say it. <laughs> uh, but added, job gains have been robust in the recent months and unemployment has remained low. Okay, so it, here, here's, here's, God... Here's the thing. The Fed is under control of the Biden administration, which is, I mean, to be honest with you, the Fed shouldn't be controlling the economy. The market should be controlling the economy. But the Fed has decided they're going to, they're going to be the ones that determine how the economy runs. And the Biden administration controls the Fed. That's Janet Yellen. That's that gal there. The Fed so far has been wrong about absolutely everything in the last year and a half. Everything. Janet, and I'm going to prove it to you in a second. Janet Yellen, who was supposed to be really smart 
has turned out to be a complete freaking moron and knows nothing about economics. I, I have read Thomas Sowell's book, Basic Economics, and it goes through all this stuff. Uh, it's a good book, very informative book, boring as all sin because it's economics, come on. Very long. I, I think it's a textbook. But, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Everything the Biden administration does is going against basic market economics, basic capitalist economics. Now, the administration is kind of spinning this because they're, they, right now they're afraid of a recession, which, by the way, newsflash, we're in officially now. They're worried about a recession. And they keep saying that, yes, we keep raising inter interest rates to tap down inflation, tap everything down, um, but w our economy is great. They keep telling us this. CNN, they keep telling us this. And then bringing up January 6th right after, because they got to deflect away from the economy. All right? Here, here's the problem. They, and they, they say this because they say employment is so good. Um, yeah, employment is good now. Here's the thing. Employment problems happen after recessions start, after stagnation starts. It is not an indicator of a recession. So let's just say we're, we're, we're going into a recession. We'll talk about that in a second. Employment doesn't drop in the beginning of a recession. It doesn't, it doesn't indicate that we're in a recession. It usually drops after the recession has started. And we're already seeing this. Companies are losing profits. We've spent the last two weeks going over company profit margins. GM is down 40%. Walmart is getting killed. Google is getting killed, which is Alphabet. The entire Google company is getting killed. Amazon is getting destroyed. Big places like Costco and, and, and all those other big stores, they're getting killed. Now, I will give them some credit. They're not saying, well, wages have increased by 5%. They can't say that. And they can't say that because if they say, well, Wages have increased 5%. Everyone's going to point out, yeah, but inflation last month went up 9.1%. So people are still sp spending more. In other words, you didn't get a raise to $15. And by the way, this is part of the reason people are now being paid. There are two reasons this whole thing is happening. People were getting million billion uh, were getting money all over the place, and then when the job market opened, nobody got jobs. That that's exactly what's happened. I mean, we're still really underemployed in this country. Everyone talks about three point six percent, and that's what Joe Biden keeps talking about three point six percent, three point six percent unemployment. Well, I mean, there's a couple problems here. Um, how many actually job, dropped out of the job market? That's not included in the unemployment rate. And I guarantee you, we will find a lot of people dropped out of the, the job market. 
Because right now we are still not employed to pre-pandemic levels. We've created, what was it, 7 million jobs is what the Biden, 7 to 8 million jobs is what the Biden is complaining, is, is stating. Yeah, there are 12 million jobs that were filled before the pandemic. We're still short between 3 and 4 million jobs in the job market. That means a lot of people dropped out of the job market. So this is the problem when you deal with, when you talk about unemployment and saying that, well, unemployment is great. So we've got a strong economy. No, that's not what it means. We're in a recession and yet unemployment is at 3.6%. Yeah, well, that employment is going to go back up as we get deeper into the recession, unless something changes that. Raising the interest rate also makes loans more expensive for the population and for businesses. Now, it makes sense that you want... Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with inflation and with GDP, okay? There has to be a balance between the two. And by the way, this is basic economics by Thomas Sowell. I read this last night. That's why I'm a little late with the podcast. There has to be a balance between inflation, which is demand, and um, a GDP, which is supply. Okay? Supply and demand. That's how capitalism works. Usually, good inflation is between 1.5% and 2%. Usually, good GDP is between 2.5% and 3.5%. Okay, now, mind you, when Obama ran things for for eight years, it never got over 2.2%. And with Biden, Biden hasn't even seen a percentage gain since he's been president. So there it is. That's your balance. The reason raising interest rates is it puts interest rates higher on the population, which controls the demand. The problem is it also puts, makes loans more expensive for businesses, which can tolerate some of this. So it hurts businesses too. That's why GDP drops. The idea is the demand will drop fat will drop faster than the the demand will raise drop faster than the um, GDP will lower, bringing the two together. That makes sense. Okay, I hope I explained it correctly. I probably didn't. If demand is high, what better way than to make loans very expensive for the individual? so that he doesn't demand so much. And meanwhile, yeah, GDP, which is what we can produce and what we can stay ahead of with supply, companies who provide the supply typically can withstand the high loans. That's the idea. Now, we're not even talking about small business. Small business here gets screwed, no matter what. If they need loans, they may not be able to afford. But our government doesn't care about small businesses. They're worried about Amazon. They're worried about Costco. They're not worried about Miko Sushi across the street, which is owned by a family. They don't care. If Miko Sushi can't afford the loan, well, then Miko Sushi, and not to Miko Sushi, just won't get the loan. 
But what they don't understand is small business gets killed because now you've got me, for example. I can't get a loan because I can't afford it or I have to pay extra. I don't go to Miko Sushi. So understand something. Small business is completely irrelevant here. So the idea with raising interest rates is that it does slow inflation. Here's the big problem. Inflation, uh, the interest rates right now are about 2.25%. Okay. A lot of ec- economists are saying that's too low. We are going to need the G, we're going to need the um, uh, interest rates at 5 or 6% to slow. That's how hot it is. People don't need the loans. <laughs> They're paying cash on a lot of things. Yeah, the housing market has slowed. The car market has slowed. GM's down 40%, but that's more of a supply chain problem. Tesla is down. But that, again, more of a supply chain problem because Tesla is behind in their cars by a year. If you order a Tesla today, you probably won't see it till mid-2023. Or fourth quarter 2023, simply because they don't have the chips. But this is where we are right now. And then the government does more crap than it's done before and created this inflation in the first place, which is just going to heat the economy again. Listen, all that stuff I was telling you, I hope I was clear. I think I was. It's supply and demand. GDP is supply. Inflation is demand. When people are demanding more than there is a supply, inflation goes up. Interest rates are made to cool the demand by simply make money more expensive. And I didn't make this up. You can read this in Thomas Sowell. This is basic economics. I understood it I understood it before. I understand a lot better once I read his book. So how do we fix this? And I'm going to tell you how we're fixing this simply because it shows we're not doing any of this. Interest rates will have to be as high until supply and demand balance. Okay? We're not doing this. Our interest rates are at 2.25%. They probably need to be between 5 and 6%. Some economists say 10% to bring to tap the economy down, to tap demand down. Now, we already see big-ticket items like uh, car... Well, not even cars. Big-ticket items like houses, they're drop, prices for housing is dropping like a rock. Here's the problem. On a $500,000 house, interest rates have gone up to the point you're paying $135,000 in interest with the life of the loan. So you're paying quite a bit on interest. So people have said, okay, I'm going to tap the brakes here. We're not going to buy, we're not going to, and God forbid if you bought an adjustable loan right now. If you you are in a house on an adjustable loan, your interest rate is going to go through the roof. So don't be shocked if you actually see people losing their homes. That's the next step. Lower taxes, both on corporate and personal taxes. The corporate tax is important because if the tax if if they have extra money, they can invest into their supply. They can invest and try and speed up. Lowering taxes on people 
still makes them want to spend. But the reality is it does increase. It does increase innovation and it does increase production. And maybe it starts those new businesses and it really does help small businesses. Cut regulations on all businesses. Let the market take care of itself and it will. This is the biggest problem with democratic rule. They believe in more regulations. And the problem with more regulations, businesses are spending money on regulations, trying to meet regulations instead of spending businesses, spending money on solving problems. Cut regulations on oil and natural gas. Energy is our biggest problem in this country right now. And not just gasoline, but electricity, water, gas. We need to cut. We need to make it that we're controlling our own energy. We need to be able to drill. Go out there and drill. Get your oil in. Yeah, we're concerned about the economy, but guess or the environment. But here's the thing. The market will fix the environment. Elon Musk is proof of that. Tesla is proof of that. We will create things that will fix the environment or will neutralize the CO2 emissions in the environment. We can do that in the market. Tesla cars are an example of that. Best cars, best electric vehicles, wherever for wherever. But right now, he's regulated... The federal government has regulated Tesla and taxed Tesla to the point that they just can't keep up. And then the supply chain, which is Pete Buttigieg, who's done nothing to fix the supply chain, they're stuck. They can't do anything. They can't create cars. They can't innovate because they don't have the money to do so. And then loans are so expensive. And then they have to pass the prices down to the consumer. And finally, re-enable nuclear power. Bring back manufacturing. Right now, the biggest problem we have is semiconductors, which are made, most of our semiconductors are made in Taiwan. Well, Taiwan's about to go to war with China. And guess who's upped the semiconductor production in China? Because they're expecting Taiwan to either burn their their circuits, burn their uh, processors, their semiconductors, if China decides to take over, or become the leader in semiconductor pro- creation, manufacturing. Create our own manufacturing here. Now, they are trying to do that. Uh, there's a bill that's going to be passed, I, I think, it's and it's bipartisan, which... I, it scares me when I say a bill is bipartisan, and I think it's a good thing, that basically subsidizes semiconductor uh, manufacturing in the United States. I think that's a good thing because everything we run on, our freaking refrigerators are run on, on, on processors, semiconductors. And I think that we're at a point now where if China is running all our processors, all our semiconductors, we've got a national security problem. So 
yes, it may take a couple of years before our manufacturing is up to date and efficient, but at least let's get to that point. I think that's bipartisan. I think it's a good thing. So, um, there's economics 101 for you, if I understand it. If I understand it correctly, I hope I, ex I understand it. I just hope I explained it correctly. So, as I said, uh, we're in a recession. Um, but here's a minute and a half that talks about how the Biden administration has really wavered on us entering a recession and how they have gone back and forth and and we're never going to get to a recession. We are going, we might get to a recession. We don't know what a recession is, all that crap. Listen to this little clip from Grabian. All signs are that this is a strong economy and the probability of a recession within the next year is not particularly elevated. It's a strong economy and, and nothing about it suggests that it's, that it's close to or vulnerable to a recession. I don't expect a recession. No, no one is predicting a recession now. We are not expecting that we are already in the recession. In fact, the guts and the bones of this economy remain strong. These are not the marks of an economy in recession. Right now, we don't see a recession. Right now, that is not, we're not in a recession right now. This is not an economy that's in recession. Not only is a recession not inevitable, but I think that a lot of people are underestimating those strengths and the resilience of the American economy. We have a strong labor market, which you don't normally see in a recession. A recession is broad-based weakness in the economy. We're not seeing that now. In your view, is a recession in the United States inevitable? No. Typically, economists date a recession as being at least two quarters of negative growth uh, and, other com and other factors, which we have not seen at all. The idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. A common definition of recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth. Two quarters of negative growth in a row, that's a recession. Right, and certainly the, in terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. What is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't def I'm not going to define it from here. How worried should Americans be that we could be in a recession? We're not going to be in a recession. Nobody, including especially the White House and especially Joe Biden, is going to sugarcoat any of this. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about uh, a recession. Yep. Well, we're in a recession. GDP result, uh, result report is out, and it was disappointing. The There was a rather tepid expectation from economists that the GDP would rise by 0.5%. Now, mind you, a 0.5 rise in GDP is not great. <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Instead, it dropped by 0.9%. That is the second quarter in a row of negative GDP. And a lot of people, including myself, add the fact that we had 0% growth in the fourth quarter of last year. So you could technically say it's our third quarter of negative GDP. And yes, I consider 0% growth negative. Because again, 2.5 to 5.3 to 4% GDP is considered solid GDP. We're in a recession. Now, 
Biden said it is not surprising, and the administration and the media still maintain we really aren't in a recession because the economy, quote, is so complicated, end quote. Like everything else, instead of dealing with the problem, <laughs> excuse me, they decide to change language and definitions, and you're going to be hearing a lot of this. I was watching CNN this morning, and they are still saying we're not in a recession. And, and they are actually praising Biden for his big legislative win on his modified Build Back Better program, which we're going to talk about in a second, because it's not a win for us. Me and you, we're hosed. <laughs> we're going to have nothing but problems. They're even saying, with the raising of the interest rates and the announcement that we're in a recession... It's been a good week for Joe Biden. Listen, people aren't believing this crap. Even the 18 people that are watching CNN don't believe this crap. The funny thing is, in on CNN, just before they announced how good a week Joe Biden is having, they said people are paying about $500 more a month for just living because of inflation and high gas prices. Listen, here's the thing. People are simple. They only know what is happening to them. They don't care about what people are telling them is happening. This is what this is what politicians don't understand. Oh well, no, it's it's fine. I don't. I, I'm not feeling inflation. Joe Biden's saying that he either a feels for those that are suffering through inflation. That's a lie. He doesn't feel anything because he's not going through it. Or B, telling us that we're not really suffering at all. This is a great economy. Yeah, no one buys any of that crap. Joe Biden keeps touting that gas is down 40 cents in July. That's true, except in California, which raised their taxes. That's true, but it's still 100% higher than it was a year and a half ago. Gas was at $2.30. It's still at... $4 a gallon nationwide. And then he keeps releasing, where are we getting the gas? We're releasing it from our strategic reserve, which that's not what it's made for. We are in a recession. Everyone knows it. It can't be spun. And it's been known about for the last six months because people have been living for the last six months. That's the funny thing. Everyone is, oh, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? You know something? If you're living on the streets, you're living a real life, you know we're in a recession because you're suffering. And people are suffering. And this announcement is not going to change anything in November. And speaking of November, I mean, Biden's going to get a big win, uh, though we're going to get screwed. Um, Joe Manchin who has been against the Build Back Better program and has been fighting with other Democrats about this Build Back Better program, has been dealing with Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate. And they finally have a bill. Now, they're not going to call it the Build Back Better program. They're going to call it the Inflation Reduction Bill, which, by the way, is exactly what Democrats do. They always change the names to make it look happy-go-lucky. And, and much better than it is. The reality is this bill, 
yeah, it's not going to reduce inflation. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to increase inflation. And by the way, I know this because this bill looks a lot like the America Rescue Program and the infrastructure bill, and those things didn't tap down inflation at all. So I'm not exactly sure what these guys are talking about. So I went on the internet. I found the bill. The bill is 725 pages long, which means, my God, when 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 politicians start writing bills that are that long, that's basically telling me, oh, there's pork in this bill. But I did find a summary that the White House released or the Senate released. So let's take a look at that summary. It's very, now, mind you, that summary is one page summarizing 725 pages. So you know it's not going to be complete. So here it is. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will make historic down pay, make a historic down payment on the deficit reduction to fight inflation, invest on domestic energy production and manufacturing, and reduce carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. Now, remember I told you if it's BS, you can stop reading? Already this is BS. Um, you're not going to reduce the deficit. You're not going to fight inflation. And in because you are investing in domestic energy production and manufacturing and reducing carbon emissions. You can't do all of that stuff. You can't deal with energy production and manufacturing and also reduce carbon emissions. It, that's not a thing. They can't do it together. And do it all while reducing 40% emissions. So we can already say it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be all wind and, and solar. And that's pretty much what the bill does. The bill will also finally allow Medicare to negotiate for prescription drug policies and extend the expanded Affordable Care Act program for three years through 2025. And this is where I had to actually look at the 725 page to figure out how they were going to do this next part. The new proposal for the FY 2022 budget reconciliation will invest approximately $300 billion in deficit reduction and $369 billion in energy security and climate change programs over the next 10 years. Now, be careful. With that $300 billion reduce, reduction of deficit, we'll get to that. It's, it's BS. I don't know how else to put it. Additionally, the agreement calls for comprehensive permitting reform to uh, legislation to be passed before the end of the fiscal year. Permitting reform is essential to unlocking domestic energy and transmission projects, which will lower costs for consumers and, and blah, blah. It's all crap, okay? It's all crap. How can you tell when a uh, politician is lying to you? They start speaking. This is part of it. So here's what, here's the skinny on this bill. $360 billion will go into climate. All right, so they're going to extend a $7,500 subsidy for electric cars. Two problems with that. One, the average electric car is $65,000. How is middle class going to afford a $65,000 car that's lower to $58,000? That's essentially what it is. Okay, yay. That's one problem. It does not make it does not make a thirty five thousand dollar car 
affordable to, let's say, someone like me. Okay? Remember, my car is $15,000. And I had to finance $12,000 of it. These guys are saying, well, that $35,000, it'll now be $28,000. That's still really high. That's one thing that's bad. Two, um, electric car production is way down. There is now waiting lists for electric cars. The 65, the, the lowest end Tesla, which is about $58,000, you're going to be waiting a year to get that Tesla. Why? The semiconductors. It's the supply chain crisis. They're way back. They're way behind. So no one's going to be able to use this subsidy. $60 billion for domestic clean energy and manufacturing. Yeah, with Solyndra, we saw how well that worked out. And $30 billion for wind, solar, battery, storage, tax credit. Oh, God. Wind and solar, 40% effective. So in other words, we're not going to have any any uh, uh, power. Raise the corporate tax by 15%. Now, here's what they're telling you. This will raise $739 billion. That's where they get that $300 billion deficit reduction. There's something coming up that makes that deficit reduction look a little less palatable. The bill also adds another $450 billion to extend Obamacare. Uh, so much for that $300 billion. That's gone. And by the way, at 725 pages, you know there's more fat in there. Because politicians, and I'm talking politicians, not even Democrats, politicians love fat. Um, per the Democrat playbook, uh, th they changed this name from Build Back Better to Inflation Reduction Act. Even Joe Biden is saying, well, this is Build Back Better. It's just really reduced. Uh, don't forget, Build Back Better was supposed to be between 3 and $4.2 This one is looking at just under a trillion. All right. Um, spending money and raising taxes on corporations, this is what's supposed to lower inflation, as the bill states in its title. Um, and we can automatically assume right off the bat, and we can automatically assume, because this has been tried in the American Rescue Plan and the uh, infrastructure bill, it's going to raise taxes, it's going to stagnate hiring, it's going to stagnate uh, innovation, and eventually it's going to cause layoffs. We know this already. Everyone's looking at this. And I got to tell you, people can't even believe that Joe Manchin went along with this. Don't forget, this is a guy who wrote a 2,000-word essay about why we've got to stop spending. And he spends another trillion dollars. Now, I, again, this bill is not 100% right now. Uh, they have no Republican support so far. Zero. Republican support. Uh, they're going to have to use reconciliation to get this thing passed. And then it's going to require a vote from Kamala Harris to get this thing passed. And they still have Kirsten Cinema to worry about. Because Kirsten Cinema says, well, I'd like to look at the bill first. And everyone's been paying attention to Joe Manchin. No one's been paying attention to Kirsten Cinema. She was against Build Back Better, too. And don't forget, Kirsten Cinema is a Democrat representing a, a, it's a purplish state, but it's still a very conservative state of Arizona. They may not be into this.
So we're going to have to see. I I, I got to be honest with you. Manchin, who is in a completely red state, I'm surprised he did this. I never thought he would go along with Schumer. But we're going to have to see what's going to happen with this one in the coming months. I'm kind of hoping, I know that's not a thing, but I'm kind of hoping this thing just gets plugged up until November and then during the elections. I, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't know where cinema is going to go with this. But if Democrats go with this, yeah, it will be a win for Joe Biden. But I don't think it's going to be that big a win because a lot of people have already seen this song before or heard this song before. And I think they might be a little wary of it. Okay, that's it. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. And if you haven't, visit uh, visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com on Rumble. I do have a couple new videos on there. They're not political. They're completely just cultural. I hope you guys have a great day. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talk. Great day. Great weekend. I may not do a podcast tomorrow. Um, Take care. Talk to you on Monday. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.